The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me, joining me today on the panel are Thomas Sanherho. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Dom. How's it going? Very well, thanks. And Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Howdy. Uh, so, uh, folks, we have some good stories we want to talk about today, some interesting things uh, that I thought might be some good discussion uh, so, so some meta topics, I think, today. Uh, and we get some, also get some headlines, and I have a tale of woe to share later on. But uh, we'll we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, you can you can vicariously live through my pain. So and maybe uh, take some lessons away away from what I, uh, what I've done that maybe save you from that in the future. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, our first segment we want to talk about uh, the topic of tech rumors. It's rumors are big. Rumors are big currency now in everything. Rumors in about movies, uh, you know, uh, who's being cast and what's the movie going to be about and uh, spoilers and uh, rumors about politicians and celebrities and all the other stuff. I mean, I, I can't wait till we have like r- rumors about uh, books. That's going to be fun. Like, 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 you know. Actually, we do have that. Like when Harry Potter. Yeah, was I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, that's that's been something. Harry Potter. The the rumors about the uh, the Game of Thrones books too. They've been uh, yes. pretty rampant. So. That's true. That's true. And we even have rumors in the Catholic Church. You know about uh, uh, cardinals being uh, elect. You know uh, selected and popes being elected. Rumors are everywhere. Okay, but but one of the reasons and one of the reasons we have rumors is because there's more news outlets than ever, and they're all trying to get our attention, and they're all trying to scoop each other and, and find out something. And it's especially bad in the technology space where there's every, you know, tiny uh, blog, every financial analyst, every newspaper site, everybody is trying to one-up the next guy and get the exclusive. And the thing that, I, that comes to mind is, the question I want to bring up is, do tech rumors do more harm than good? Um, and there are different people who could be harmed and or have good happen to them uh, in this. We can get into that. So, you know, so when we get rumors of of changes to unreleased rumored products, so ru- or let me put it this way: rumors of rumored changes right. to unreleased rumored <laughs> products, and then the, these people will then claim, "Oh, the sky is falling." You know, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, it's going to be terrible. And I, I've got two examples of that I want to throw out there. They both happen to do with the iPhone 11, but this isn't an Apple thing. This is, it happens to all the big tech companies. But so, for example, Forbes had a couple of articles earlier this year. One said, uh, new iPhone 11 leak confirms disappointing lack of radical changes. Uh, and then uh, later on, like actually the ne- the very next day, by the way, Apple suddenly abandons massive iPhone upgrade. And, you know, when you look back at these after the iPhone is out and it's wildly popular, everybody loves it. It's the most amazing camera ever. And you say, well, who did that serve? You know, what was what was good? What was the point of that? So just in general, do do either of you do you pay attention to rumors uh, about forthcoming products or or 
do you have a nuanced view where you only pay attention like right before the product announcement? What do you what is your attitude toward rumors? Uh, Thomas, we'll start with you. Um, I, I have a skeptical view. <laughs> uh, most of the time, I, I think that there's uh, the rumor mill is not just something that happens by accident. So, you know, these things get released. They get leaked by the company and i'm using air quotes here for the right. uh, the leaking of these things and and i think a lot of times when you have a situation like that where there's a very disappointing rumor and then the product comes out it's one of those um over uh over deliver and under promise kind of things uh and so they they make sure that the the worst possible bits of the news get out so that they can then come in out with a, a you know a higher tech version that that seems like they really pulled it out at the last minute you know uh, so I, I think that's there's a lot of that that goes on because there's mm -hmm. a lot of playing the rumor mill, too. That's true. There are companies that will uh, push their own rumors out through through selected outlets. Um, and sometimes you kind of you kind of know who these people are. They have, you know, there's yeah. certain people who are will tend to be the you know, that they're the mouthpiece um, or they'll or they'll just preempt the rumors like Google did this year with the Pixel 4. They basically just started releasing information about this phone that they haven't even announced yet uh you right. know months beforehand uh, so it's interesting yeah the skeptical view pat what about you do you pay attention to rumors i kind of hear that they're out there i really don't go seek them out because i'm i kind of like mystery you know it's like i didn't really even want to know the the uh, gender of my child or the sex of my child before it was born i like to hear it fresh <laughs> and so many of the go. times when i do get sucked into it and go read them. Yeah, it's just like these people, all they're wanting is that ephemeral bounce, that ephemeral headline. And, and that news is really stale when, when the product finally hits. You realize, oh, these, this is terrible. It was ridiculous. So, no, I just I kind of avoid most of it. OK, yeah. If you have some fun, go, go back and like Google old rumors after the product is out. And right. see how badly a lot uh, a lot of rumors bad a lot of these rumors were. You know, there's a. Well, it's, there's, it's interesting. I'd like to, I'd like to know I'd like to know what the effect of some of this is on the stock for yeah. these companies. You yeah, know, I think that a lot of it is uh, speculation in the same way that, like, you know, we talk about the housing market. Like, oh, the housing market's going to be strong this next, or or about you know futures for uh, oil, where it, it, a lot of it's just driven by this kind of sense of oh, well, we're just going to. Imagine that it's going to be this way, and then suddenly the stock's going to go up and meet that that imagining. So, or I don't know, it's, it, it has the opposite effect, which is what happened in 2017. Uh, right, Apple uh, announced its second quarter earnings, and they were down, and they had to explain, like, no, they're they're down partly because there've been so many rumors about the iPhone 8 at the time that people are not buying the phones. They're they're holding on to what they've got, waiting for the new phone because they're they they think that's going to be so much better than buying the iPhone seven, which was available at the time, or the ten, or oh, that's right. This is this is when the iPhone eight and ten were both coming out, and so they you know oh should we should we wait what it was going to do? And so people ended up sitting on the phone, driving down sales, and affecting the company's bottom line. I mean that was that was a, a, a you know a, a, something that makes you wonder did. It's, was someone shorting the stock, you know, by, right. yeah. it, it, with that, you know, they're shorting the stock, which is uh, uh, dr intentionally driving, you know, buying the stock on, I don't know, I don't understand how stocks work, but buying it high <laughs> and selling it low and making money somehow or whatever that is, it's something like having an option to buy it. But, but it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it makes you wonder who's, 
who uh, was it uh, qui bono who benefits the old the old latin phrase that who who's benefiting from these rumors so right. so that's what so sometimes rumors they convince people to wait to buy rather than buy what's in front of them that's what we're just talking about and that and this can be confusing for people who want to who need a phone do, what do i get i don't know what to get i don't want to get the wrong one i you know and sometimes we we end up with fomo where we we are afraid of missing out on the next best thing when really the one right in front of you is probably pretty darn good and it's going to be fine for a couple of years even though yeah. it's not the latest and greatest uh, i say this as someone who always as the new phone comes and goes right. oh <laughs> i really want that you know so uh, see now, yeah I'm, I'm i'm coming from the android world it's even harder because there's not uh, this flagship for everything uh, right like with the apple uh with the apple products and so looking at the specs on phones that are coming out in the android world is really tough and for the longest time, I was convinced that, you know, I was going to get the Samsung phone because it had the best specs and it was, you know, uh, it was the best phone out there. But they were terrible. They were really, in my opinion, they were bad phones and they, they had great specs, but they didn't behave well in, in my hand. And so I've moved over to using a Metro uh, or Motorola phones and um, my Motorola phones are fantastic. And they're in my price range, actually in my price range, rather than these other ones that I had to buy on sale or, you know, somehow get on a very, at a very cheap price. And um, uh, these are good phones. They're uh, uh, both of the ones that I've had so far have been fantastic, lasted me all the way through the life that I needed them to. Yeah, right, but, Pat. What do you think? Uh, I mean, it, is can the rumors ever can can rumors be good for us? I mean, is it are they is it ever a useful thing? I mean, if you're a rumor that tells you, you know, um, for example, if there's a there's a rumor right now that Apple's got a new MacBook coming with a new keyboard to replace the other, the most recent new keyboard, which uh, breaks if you eat a donut within the same room as it or something like that, you know, get a crumb in there. Uh, so that might be good actually, if you, if, for people to hear that rumor, maybe hold off a couple of weeks if you, if you can, what do you think is, are, is, can the rumors be helpful to people? Uh, I guess in some cases they can be, I guess I'm looking at most of the rumors that I've seen, the people either needed a phone and they went and got it, or so I guess a rumor can hype it up a little bit to say, oh, there's excitement, you know, kind of like the trailers on a movie, you know. Yeah. Maybe sometimes those rumors do hype it up a little bit and get people excited and stuff like that. But I think most of the rumors that I'm thinking of are very negative and, and almost seem to be bashing type of rumors, uh, a little bit of the jealousy type problem. You know, here I'm going to tear your product down because – Gosh, I want to, I want to promote mine later on. Right. Yeah, and or sometimes I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Forbes has an axe to grind against Apple, but they're constantly <laughs> uh, writing articles where they, 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 they're bashing Apple, and just like the two examples I just gave, and it makes you wonder. I was just going to say, I was going to point out earlier, boy, both of these were from Forbes. Is there anybody else that's that's got rumors as bad? <laughs> uh, uh, well, in fact, that one of the reasons I, I kind of thought about this topic was because as I'm looking at the headlines every week for StarQuest headlines, I'm, I'm kind of scanning. And for this show, uh, I'm scanning the, the, the tech news a lot. And I'm constantly seeing, you know, in the headline lists, Forbes. Something nasty about Apple. Forbes. Something nasty about Apple. I'm like, what is with Forbes? It like doesn't like Apple for some reason. 
It's very they're strange. The only ones, they're only ones doing real reporting. That's what they're... Oh, <laughs> I, I have somebody in the office that's, you know, feeling that way. I'm not going to fanboy about Apple. <laughs> I, I guess. Or they know that when you when you bash Apple, the, fa- the Apple fanboys show up to defend and get all those there clicks, I guess, or something. Maybe uh, so. <laughs> I mean, the, so there's there's some of that, I think, in, in some of these rumors is that they're about um, driving traffic to your site, you know, through because a rumor is just that there's no there's you there's no need to really vet it. You, you know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't source it, you know, according to unnamed sources, you know, you know or you know, I, I heard from a supplier, you know, but but there's no accuracy in that necessarily. You don't have to be accurate. Oh, it's just a rumor, you know. Uh, right. So th- there's that. It's a little irresponsible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting, too, when you when you look at um, how many tech blogs and um, and even, you know, uh, bloggers on YouTube have arisen from doing uh, go- gone from, you know, initially just reviewing products to now kind of participating in this speculation because they get invited to the big events and they, right. uh, you know, so they get excited about it, hyped up about it and get interested in what they're, you know, what they're going to go see. And then they talk about it beforehand too, and I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the press. It's it's kind of always been that sort of entertaining preview of things whenever there's something that they're predicting in the future. Right. I remember that. What was it? Uh, the the red camera is this really expensive cinematic camera out there, right? It's like it's like one of these. It's a twenty five thousand dollar, fifty thousand dollar professional movie camera. Okay, uh, and. I remember a while ago, a few years ago, there was rumors that they're coming out with a phone and it would have a holographic display unlike anything you've ever seen. And MKBHD, which is probably the biggest tech vlogger, tech video channel on YouTube, uh, where he had this, uh, what was it, a a personal uh, interview where he got to look at and hold it and you know, get an unreleased uh, view of it for uh, a year in advance of when it's going to get released. He couldn't show it on the screen. He could wasn't allowed to show it on camera, but he could. And, and I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that he did anything wrong. I'm not saying he did that. He was being deceptive, but I think he got played because when the, when the phone eventually came out, it was $2,000. The specs were pretty low and nobody was wowed by the quote unquote holographic display. Uh, but right. it's a kind of an example of that where these these the a lot of these people who are not trained. I mean, the trained journalists do a bad enough job sometimes themselves, but not really journalists themselves who are get who but who have these huge followings end up amplifying this stuff. They get played by the marketers. Well, I, and I think, you know, part of being a YouTuber is being loud about things. And yeah. that's, you know, they, it kind of goes with the course. If you can get a YouTuber and you can say, hey, we've got this product that we'd like to float you so you can give it a try. Yeah, you know you're going to get a loud response out of it one way right. or the Any, other, and anything for more views, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, I mean it's great for the YouTuber because yeah, people will, you get known for having access to information and being being able to see things. And I mean, I like I don't get me wrong, I like MKBHD. I I I I think he's uh, less of a jerk. <laughs> let's just say than a lot of these YouTuber uh, tech guys who. Uh, you know, again, access to grind or act like idiots or whatever. I mean, I think he's a pretty straight shooter, but, um, but yeah, I mean, even then it's, you just have to wonder about the, the, you know, they're getting played and the rumor thing. So uh, what's the, what's the bottom line for the, for listeners with, with the rumors, what should they do when they see rumors out there? Should they, should they pay attention to them? Are there, 
are there rumors that are some rumors that are better than other rumors? What do you think? Like I, I'm looking online, and I see a rumor about uh, next year's phone, the next Google phone, the next Samsung phone. Um, what do I do with that information? What do you think? I guess I would say something like, well, it would be interesting if this happened, but I sure wouldn't recommend that anybody count on it. And I kind of feel like rumors kind of like about gossip. You know, it's like I don't really like passing on stuff that's not very, very um, meaty or very right. possible mm -hmm. to be accurate. So I kind of see it more like gossip. Yeah, I think uh, there is some uh, value that we as consumers could get out of it in the sense that these companies do float a lot of ideas just to see what the response is. And That's so, true. you know, when the idea comes out, if it's something that you really would like to see in a phone, then, and then you know, expanding on it and saying, I would really love to see this in a phone, uh, I think it's great that it's being talked about. But, you know, kind of keep it in that vein. They're talking about it. They're not okay. really, it's yeah. not necessarily the final product yet, but they are, they're trying to get kind of some research out of that same concept too. I, and I think in general, when you see a rumor, think about how far out this product is supposed to be. If someone says this is what's going to be in next year's iPhone, at the, you know whether we're talking about this at the end of October, I would not put a whole mm. lot of stock in that rumor. But if it's the beginning of September and someone says uh, it's someone reliable like um, uh, 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 Daring Fireball uh, or mm. uh, the, uh, the Loop. Uh, you know, or um, the guy over at Bloomberg who's done who's done Apple reporting for for years. You know, if if one if one of them says this is what you could probably expect in the next iPhone, you know, a little birdie tells me, then you could put more stock in it. You know, but just you got to use some discernment when you hear these rumors. I mean, frankly, I hear rumors about stuff like say, and I, I go, that's not even possible. <laughs> like, <Right>. like <laughs> with the state of technology today, like that's that may be ten years down the road, but. That's not something that anybody's going to have available like next week, uh, uh, like the yeah. Apple glasses, for example, that we talked yeah. about. Or the, the driverless cars, you know, the self-driving uh, cars that, that Uber already has on the road. I can't I, teaching tech to kids and trying to get them to understand what we're capable of. Uh, you know, we have drive, cars that can drive themselves technically, <laughs> but they aren't self-driving cars and right. trying to get them to understand the difference between those two things especially when the rumor mill for like, uh, you know, for these car companies, they're saying we're going to beat everybody because we've got self-driving cars and we're going to put them out on the road. Yeah, that's that's like a good 15, 20 years at the best. Right. Uh, away. So, you know, it's it's difficult, especially with kids that are learning about it, you know, to try and teach them how to discern what is science fiction and what is science fact, especially as those two things are coming a lot closer together. Right. Discernment is a huge factor. Uh, for everyone. It kind of reminds me about when my kids were small and they come in talking about these contests or these products or whatever. And we talk and sit down and say, you know, teach them to be a little cynical. Mm -hmm. And so uh, basically that was they did serve a purpose and it gave me a time to talk to them about such things to say, no, that product will probably break if you buy that little toy or no, you're not going to win this contest, even though you got this thing in the mail saying you just did. But, you know, Mom, we've right. won the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes. It exactly. says right here. <laughs> right. So so it becomes – you can use it as a teaching tool, too. Yeah. That's right. And and not just with your children in that case. I mean, with my clients as well. You yeah, know, basically. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, it, yeah that's, that's the thing is this applies for all ages, uh, you know, for because we all 
at one point or another, we all fall for something. You know, we we all yep. we all gonna <laughs> fall for the thing. So it's good to help each other. Awesome. All right. So I think that was a good discussion. So let's move on to our next topic. And this is an interesting one. Uh, also, uh, I think it's a practical one, especially for anyone who's looking for a job these days, although with the unemployment rate so low, it's maybe not as competitive as it, as it once was, uh, uh, at least on the uh, uh, getting hired side. Uh, but there's this uh, story from uh, Naked Security, which is part of uh, the blog from the Sophos, the antivirus people. They uh, they have a story that job seekers are scrubbing clean their social media accounts. And there's been uh, some uh, studies done. Uh, they did a survey of people and their attitudes toward their social media from the perspective of trying to get a job. And it's very interesting that they find that uh, more and more people are going through their social media and scrubbing it, uh, you know, cleaning up stuff, making it presentable for hiring managers. And frankly, it's the world we live in today. I mean, you, you, you this is a world where we expect that our uh, that that people gonna who want to know about us are gonna go right to our social media, whether it's a hiring manager or the news media or you know people who don't like us, they're gonna go that. And so people are are have gotten wise to this. And uh, so some very interesting stuff comes out of this. Uh, uh, they they found that uh, you know eighty four percent of People looking for jobs believe that social media regularly impacts hiring decisions. So, uh, so people, I think that's true, and I think what it means is people have a realistic understanding of how social media affects their ability to get a job. I wish more people acted like it on their social yeah. media. Uh, the, the, I think some people st- still aren't understanding, still aren't ta- putting that into effect. Um, and then they said that. Um, Fifty percent of of people think employers should be should don't think employers should be allowed to look at your social media. So, so some interesting data. What do you think about that? Do you think employers should be able to look at people's let's just say public social media accounts? And we'll get into private separately. But what do you think? Should they be able to go look at your Facebook, your Twitter account, your Instagram uh, as a way to judge you who you are as a candidate for a job? Or, I mean, some people say, oh, it's completely unrelated. What do you think? Well, if they see a lot of postings about drug and alcohol use, then I would say it probably could affect their their job performance. Not necessarily, but if they're, if they're using that much on social media talking about it, then it probably is a big part of their life. And right. now whether the, I think that the employer should go look at it is, is not – is not the issue as much as is that I think that it it really would affect their job potential. I don't know how I feel about employers trying to go beyond what's on the application. What do you think, Thomas? Do you think they should? I I um, it's out there. Uh, I I think it's something for people to keep in mind that this information is out there about you. I it, it, not too long ago, uh, the question might have been, should they be able to Google search you? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, because things return things return from a Google search. Everyone should do a Google search about themselves uh, often. Uh, make sure that you do it through a VPN so that you get a clear view of what you look like <laughs> on the Web as, you know, as reality, mm-hmm. not just from your own uh, stuff. But, um, you know, uh, you, you find out some interesting things, some interesting places that you've been mentioned. Um, it's. I don't. I don't see why they shouldn't. That that's my my one my one problem with saying that they shouldn't be allowed to or that they shouldn't do it is that it's kind of unrealistic to think that that's not going to happen in some way 
with the availability of social media. Right. Just like they're not supposed to uh, make hiring decisions based on how old you are. Right. You know, they can they look, look at and, you when you walk in the door. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or just me as a person with a, a bizarre last name, you know, um, Senhuro is not a very common last name. And so when I put that on a resume, um, I know that there are that there are probably some biases going on there where they look at the name and they're not really sure what my ethnicity is. And so but I'm definitely not Caucasian. <laughs> you know, So right. that's. Uh, which is which is bizarre because you know if I present myself if I I could throw a different last name on there and I could come off as a completely white white bread guy and <laughs> would not have a problem doing that but um that's I think that's something that is it's naturally occurring and it's not a bad thing necessarily uh, it, as long as you are making sure that you are keeping track of what your online persona is presenting Right. I guess my thought was, was when I saw this topic, oh, finally, maybe some of the people are getting a little wiser, you know, by being right. able to go back and scrub it. And of course, a fast way to do that on Facebook is just to say, make all my previous posts private, mm-hmm. you know, because people don't remember when they're posting something. Oh, yeah, that was OK to go to the world. But now the next few posts are also public. And that's a quick way to shut it, shut it down. And the people you care about have already seen them anyway. Forty percent of people uh, surveyed have made an alias account, so they have an account that's not in their name, that's not associated with their name. Forty-three uh, percent have set privacy settings, which would prevent employers or coworkers from seeing their private social media. And again, I don't think there's anything nefarious about that. And 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 frankly, I think there's a lot of young people who just aren't using some a lot of social media. Because because it's been drilled into them, what you do, what you put on social media stays with you forever. It will mm-hmm. it will permanently color people's even when you know what you've posted is when you're 16 and you're now 35. You know that's still people are still carrying that forward. And maybe the, their generation will learn how to uh, overcome that. We we could hope, but you know because people do grow up and they mature and they change, and and unfortunately. Social media and, and Google doesn't always reflect that. So, so that's it's very interesting to 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 see these numbers that more people are, I think, wising up about what they put out there. Now, sometimes it doesn't seem like it because there's still a lot of people posted a lot of bad stuff. But uh, but but it apparently they are they're starting to wise up. Um, well, that's a good thing. Well, I was just going to say this kind of makes me think of the the second part is that. An employer may try to coerce somebody into typing in their password to see their stuff, and that I'm totally against. Right, right. I hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I think that should be. Uh, yeah, there there are cases, in fact, where I, I have heard cases, and I don't have them at, at my fingertips, but I've seen news reports about certain companies requiring employees to give this hiring manager somebody uh, entry into you know a, among their their friends or their their private group that they've made, if they've made their accounts private, you know, so you can make your Twitter private or you make your Instagram private. What are you hiding? You know, uh, let me see it. Could be, and that, and basically when you get to that point, you've lost the job because if you're not, if you're not willing to show it, you, I mean, he's, the guy's just going to move on to the next candidate, you know, well, I probably I'm, wouldn't want to work say, there either. I, that's, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah, I was about sorry. to say. It's like, that is not the company that I want to be working at because right. if they are that draconian about things, then they are definitely not the place that I want to be. Uh, yeah, they're the ones that are telling you no personal photos on your desk and uh, 
uh, you have three minutes to use the bathroom on your break. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, and and wh- why didn't you answer your phone at 9.15 last night? Yeah, that's 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 a cl- I think that's a clear sign. That's nature's way of saying don't work here. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so let's think of some of the things that people should be paying attention to, uh, maybe wanting to clean up on their uh, their social media. So one thing that that career professionals and hiring managers advise is, is removing evidence of unprofessional behavior from your past, and that's sort of a, a open ended. Uh, phrase or unprofessional behavior and you kind of have to judge that for yourself that takes a bit of judgment maturity to even know what that means but you know i think it's what it's like it's like the supreme court's definition of obscenity you know it when you see it right (laughs) hopefully hopefully you know it when you see it so so what do you think about that i mean is it it, should we go in and scrub you know if if i'm going in for a a a manager management job at a pretty traditional or conservative company um, and yet my accounts have pictures of me with my friends uh, on a weekend camping trip, kind of partying, you know, it's necessarily drinking heavy, but, you know, being like crazy doofus swinging off of a, you know, a rope swing or something that's kind of, is that something that maybe I shouldn't do? I shouldn't have on there. I should, these are sort of edge cases. What do you think? What is the line? Well, that particular example, I don't see any problem with showing a picture of camping and hiking, that type of thing. Um, I guess uh, if if it were me, I would say, can you turn your account over to your mom or your aunt and be embarrassed by it? Right. You know, that's yeah. the type of thing I would say that doesn't belong there. But to say, oh, I'm a member of this this uh, this camping group or this whatever, that's part of social life, and right. that shouldn't be penalizing you. Yeah, but you also have to be careful about things like uh, guilt by association. You know, you might not be the one participating in oh, the craziness, true. but maybe there's somebody that has a joint lit up behind you and you know that's your friends, but it's not something you would do. It's just you're hanging mm-hmm. out with those people uh, and you, you're you not vetting your pictures for that kind of stuff until you go back and look at it and go, oh, I didn't notice that that was going on uh, from this perspective. So. And especially if you're trying to get a job, say, in law enforcement or uh, <laughs> yeah. in certain other yeah. professions where that are highly regulated, uh, where the people you associate with are of concern to your employer. I mean, that's that's a that's a part of it. So uh, one of the things they advise is remove anything where you've bad mouthed previous employers. <laughs> we we've all had I, many of us. I, I won't say uh, we've all. Many of us have had experiences where we've we've left a job badly and we. We're not happy with our previous employer. And, you know, again, when I was a kid, I would go out with my friends. We'd go to a bar. We'd have a beer. And I would complain about how stupid my old boss was. And blah, 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 I hated that place anyway. Now we we can go on Facebook and write it there. And, oh, man, I feel good. I've, I've really, you know, emptied that out. And I walk away. And then three years later, it's still there waiting for someone to come and see it. Do you, is this something you think is important to, to, to remove these sorts of bashing previous employers? Should we Definitely. ever do it? <laughs> yeah. I guess it's the old thing. If you can't say something good, don't say it at all yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that type of the job. And not only just the employer, but coworkers, you know, mm-hmm. complaining a lot about a coworker, that shows that you're a pretty combative person and not necessarily easy to get along with if a lot of what you're doing is tearing down other people. Yes. Or even just complaining about your job and how much, you know, how much work it is. And if, 
if you can't balance what you've been saying with good things, if, if all you do is complain about your job on your social media account, then you might want to go back and review that because that's going to reflect uh, negatively on you. Very much. And yeah. do you only use social media to, to vent and not to talk about positive things? Right. Uh, that, you know, I, gosh, I mean, my blog from 2001 through 2001 through about 2007 <laughs> was me complaining about the scandal in the church. I mean, that's pretty much most of my blog from then. Uh, I'll be quite honest. I mean, that's because, you know, there was a lot to complain about. Uh, and I and I, I think it has harmed me in job searches. Uh, I'll be quite honest here. Uh, when I've gone up for jobs in the church, people have gone back and looked at that. I, in fact, I'll tell you a story. When I started my job uh, at the Archdiocese of Boston in 2007, Somebody sent an email to the vicar general of the archdiocese saying, this guy is starting his job tomorrow and he's bad news and we shouldn't hire him because of, you know, because he bashes the church because of my blog. Uh, Thankfully, he did not pay attention. In fact, he was curious about who who is this guy. Uh, And, you know, I proved myself, but but it was it was a negative. Uh, And then here's another case, though, where I used what I knew about someone from social media. Again, this is back in 2007, 2008, eight, nine, somewhere in there. I used to hire a lot of temps in my job for the archdiocese, and we had a temp come in, and he was kind of quiet. And then one of the other temps came up to me and said, you know, you really ought to look at his MySpace page. Again, this is a while ago. <laughs> so we did. He was a member of a, of a satanic band, like a like they did like satanic death metal, like where they, their lyrics were quite awful. <laughs> and so I called the temp agency and said, do you guys look at their social media before you hire them for say the church? And right. so <laughs> I, I asked them to, to, to get, find him a different position and send us someone else. But you know, so it kind of goes both ways. And yeah. That's a case where I'm like, I, I just felt like that guy wasn't a good fit, but I, but I still think about it. Obviously should I have judged him that uh, on that? You know, his work was fine. Uh, did I judge him too harshly or too quickly? Did I lose an opportunity to evangelize someone? You know, that's yeah. that's my 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 worry as I look back, and and I I feel kind of bad about it. So it's something to think about. I had a a situation where I had an, a prospective employee that had a prison record, and the question came up. You know, would we should we hire him? What should we be looking at, et cetera? And I thought about it and I said, everybody deserves a second chance and even talked to him a little bit about it before he came on board. And he said, I've learned my lessons. I'll be the hardest worker you've got. I've already know what what's right and wrong. He said, you know, I'll show you. And he did. And he was a good employee. Hmm. And yet, if I had based upon the fact that he had done a burglary when he was in you know, 18, 19 years old and had been in prison for two or three years. I don't remember how long it was, but I would have lost a good employee. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's easy. I mean, sometimes I think it's hiring managers that get so many resumes. They're looking for easy ways to get rid of some. And I think that's that's one of the things that happens. Uh, And it's it's tough. Uh, So what do you think about um, is it is it bad or is it damaging? If you don't have a social media presence or it's inactive or you, you, you don't seem active, you know, your Facebook account is 
is hasn't been posted to in years or whatever. Do you think it's bad if you don't have a social media footprint? What do you think? This is something I worry about because, um, you know, I had a Facebook account for a long time and I've stopped using it entirely. It's been about three, maybe four years since I've really uh, even engaged with it myself. My wife uses it now for um, for Girl Scout things. So she's connected with all of the Girl <laughs> Scout moms from her troop. Uh, because she doesn't want her own Facebook account, so she just uses mine to do that. And that's really the limit of what that account does at this point. So I wonder if if it would be a negative. The same way if you have a, a zero credit score, which is another situation that I'm in, uh, it, it limits a lot of opportunities uh, to get loans, to, uh, you know, to get a mortgage. Uh, you have to do a lot of groundwork to prove yourself. So I wonder if employers start checking these things and they can't find your presence online. Is that a negative? Are they going to assume that you have a bunch of private accounts? Are they going to assume that you're just doing so many bad things that you don't uh, have a social media presence that's visible to them by your name uh, or that you're using an alias? Uh, you know, what, what's that going to mean? <laughs> right. Or, or even they assume that you are not adept at technology, especially in a job that requires right technology in, in you know that sort of thing so yeah i mean there's so do you set up a perfunctory internet you know, social media presence where you post like uh, uh anodyne your banal stuff on a regular basis i mean and it feels very cynical and false to do that but you know it's it's a it's a good question um and I, I, I don't know if there's an answer to that you know whether not having a, a presence i think there's still enough people who have say gotten out of Twitter and gotten out of Facebook that that you it wouldn't necessarily be a negative, but there might come a day where it is, you know, where you. I guess I see that for right now, I see so many people that just aren't interested in Facebook or they're just not interested in these things. So I would think that, you know, based upon that, the employer saying, well, that person's not on Facebook. I don't think that's a poor reading if that's this, that's mm. what they're judging it on. Right. Uh the other thing, though, is is uh, aliases could be a real problem if they kind of found out that you were using an alias. That might be an issue. Right. I um, My problem is with my name, there's only three of us. There's me, my dad and my <laughs> nephew. And I feel bad for my nephew when he has to go out looking for a job because they're going to Google my, that name and they're going to find me and, and all my stuff. And they're going to go, what is what is going on with you? Oh, no, no that's my <laughs> uncle. I've given him permission to blame it all on me. So, uh, uh, but he, I can see. Uh, I was just gonna say he's not gonna have to uh, uh, go for a job interview anytime soon, though. He's he's going into the army as a ROTC. So, uh, good luck for him. Uh, are you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say for somebody who's in tech, not to have a LinkedIn account probably is a, a det detriment. Even yeah. though I don't use it, I've dropped my LinkedIn account because I don't have a need for that type of job searching or job, uh, you know, uh, helping to find someone for a job. But I would think LinkedIn, as poor as it is, is probably still a good thing to be a part of. I think also using these these uh, social media platforms the way they're intended, LinkedIn should be just professional stuff. Don't post right. your 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 oh, opinions agreed. about politics. Agreed. Or, or or religion or any of that stuff on on LinkedIn. Just keep. I have a LinkedIn account which because I've had it for years, uh, and I'm connected to some people that way still. Um, and it's funny because I'm 
technically CEO of SQPN, as 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 small of a title as that is, it still says CEO. So I get all kinds of interesting connection requests and <laughs> offers, you know, to uh, to increase my manufacturing capacity and marketing verve and all this other baloney. I'm like, yeah, you haven't done any research on SQPN yet, have you? Right. <laughs> I know you don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> exactly. It's very easy to to uh, just ignore those. All right, that's a good discussion too. We've wow, two great discussions tonight. So that was so good so far. Uh, let me bring it down then. Uh, so, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, a couple of fun headlines uh, I wanted to mention, um, or at least one fun one and one and one more interesting one for me anyway. Uh, Samsung had a a, a a promotion recently where they had a satellite, quote unquote, a selfie satellite. It was really just a a balloon that went high up in the atmosphere to where you could see black sky in the curve of the earth. So it looks kind of like a satellite. Anyway, it was, it was a Samsung Europe and they, it was a PR stunt. They said, sent a selfie of the actress, Cara Delevingne. Um, she's been in a couple of things, Carnival Row on Amazon. And what was that other one? That French, Oh, the thousand Valerian in the city of a thousand planets or something like that. Um, anyway, she was, uh, the space selfie. Anyway, it fall, it fell out of the sky uh, it deorbited a little earlier than they expected in in a place that they weren't quite expecting, and crashed into this horse farm in Michigan. That's where it was, and uh, and and so the people who whose uh, farm it was, like you know, it's lucky we weren't in this pasture with the horses. Uh, they the uh, the the PR company that sent it up, they came by and collected it because they they had the information, the name of them on the side of it, and they. These people had put it on social media, and then it was on the news, uh, and they came and and picked it up. So it was the first ever space selfie, which I'm not sure what that means. It was a camera hanging on the outside of this, let's call it a satellite, with a picture on it. It, it didn't take the picture in space. I'm not sure what the point of this is, but, you know, <laughs> I just thought it was a funny story. Um, yeah, All I could think of was Donnie junk. Darko. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's a good comparison. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking the space junk is, uh, yeah. you know, it's like the the blue blocks of ice that uh, oh. the, of our modern day. Yes, um, <laughs> just the stuff that we're going to be experiencing in the next few years as this stuff kind of slows down and falls out of space is very interesting. So. Beware plumbing <laughs> Samsungs. We need exactly. a bunch of big umbrellas. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, just wait until the drones are delivering packages to everybody's house and they'll start falling out of the sky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, another headline we got is uh, just as a sort of a, a I don't know if this is a, if everyone's interested in this, but iOS 13.2, which I think is now the fifth iOS 13 update in a, in a month. Uh, but that it is out. It has the new deep fusion camera technology, the new uh, super awesome, wicked cool photo thingy that it does, which nobody's got, like all of the tech guys know what it is, but it's like the average user's like, I don't know what it is, but it's deep fusion. It's supposed to make my photos look good. So um, it works. Apparently you'll, you only see it in low to mid light situations. So basically indoors or um, outdoors on cloudy days it is when it works best. It doesn't work in, um, in bright light and it only works in the the one x or uh, or uh, i think it's the one x mode um or uh, it's like one x or two x but it doesn't work in the wide angle mode but that that's what it right. is um 
So it's it's it's, it's going to get rid of that graininess. Like those those photos right. you take every once in a while that are at that dim to mid light range, uh, and they have that graininess to them. And you're yes. like, this is not a, a photo that my iPhone takes normally. That's th- this is going to solve that problem theoretically. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. That's and that's what I'm 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 looking forward to. I mean, honestly, I haven't like with, with birthdays. I really love that low light camera. You know, I mean, they take a picture of the person blowing up the candles. The lights are off. The candles are lit. You know, and and it's like all I can see is candles. Uh, but this, you know, the 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 night mode really is uh, much better for that. There's some Siri updates. I don't know. There's, there's some other stuff in it that is a uh, relatively minor uh, related. So just uh, I thought well, I'd mention that. And I. I had heard too that it broke uh, the home pods for for music. Yes, that, that evidently right. there is a problem with that that people are upset about. <laughs> yes, so. yeah, can't have an update without breaking something. That's <laughs> um, on that uh, fusion thing. Is that all phones that can run that iOS, or is it only like the higher cameras or the higher models th- of the phone? I think Deep Fusion is just the iPhone 11s. Okay. And I, it might be last year's phones too, uh, that, but it has to be like the the higher end cameras and processors. Um, okay. It, so I'm not sure. I, I'm, it's definitely this year's phones, but I don't know if it's last year's phones. But certainly not anything older than that. Not the iPhone 10 or anything previous to that. It they're just not up to up to the snuff with the CPUs on that. So um, yeah, it's too bad. Time to upgrade. Uh, next year's phones will be even better. Uh, so says the rumors. Of course. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there you go. So here's my quick, I want to give you my quick uh, tale of woe I promised earlier. Uh, my, I have had an Airport Extreme base station uh, as my networking in my home for four years or something like that, maybe a little longer. Air, uh, Apple no longer makes uh, Wi-Fi routers, and so I was needing to upgrade because the, the, it was, the base station was starting to not reach as far. I was getting dropouts in my Wi-Fi. It was a bad scene. Um, and especially if my wife's in the other room trying to get online and she starts yelling, why can't I get on the network? Uh, that's that, time to fix things. So, Dad, go reset the router. Dad, go reset the router. <laughs> yes, <Wow>. yes. <laughs> so uh, never mind, you know, trying to do podcasts uh, with it. So uh, I got an Eero. I've been looking at mesh uh, systems for a while. I like the Eero. Um it's a little more locked down. I looked at the Synology. I looked at some other ones, but the I decided to to pull the trigger on the Eero just because I, I, I kind of like some of the features of it. Um, for one thing, uh, it comes with a lot of software in the subscription. You know, they, they have a subscription model, um, and it comes with a lot of software that I'm already paying for. So I'm actually gonna. It doesn't cost all that much once I figure out the that I don't have to pay for these other subscriptions anymore. So it was, that was pretty good. Anyway. Uh, the, the first one I got, I ordered from Amazon. The first one I got was dead when it got here. So that was fun. So oh yay. <laughs> their customer service was pretty good though. And they got a, a new one out to me overnight and I got it the very next day, which was good and plugged it in and it worked. Yay. Uh, set up my, my Wi-Fi And my intention was to set it up with the same, it's called SSID, the same name as the old one so that everything just saw it and recognized it. It would be the same and everything would be happy. Well, I didn't. Yeah, no, that doesn't work that way. Uh, And so I had to switch all the computers and all the phones. Now, the phones was fun because once I set up on my on my iPhone, it showed a QR code. And all I have to do is go to that uh, point a camera from other phones or iPads at that QR code and it it transfers the all the information necessary. So just tap join, tap join. So it was awesome. And then once it's on, say, my wife's iPhone, iPhone, 
it then through iCloud propagates to her uh, MacBook Pro or MacBook Air and you know the other the other Apple hardware. So that, that was great. Uh, but then I had to figure out why my Philips Hue bulbs weren't responding. And oh yes, I have to change the Wi-Fi on the bridge. Uh, in, in fact, the bridge doesn't connect via Wi-Fi. It connects via Ethernet. So why isn't it working? And why aren't my Synology net network attached storage working? Oh, because I have to re- reboot the switch. Oh, why isn't the doorbell working? Oh, because it's a ring doorbell. It connects via Wi-Fi, as do the security cameras. Oh, why isn't my Echoes responding? Oh, because they also need Wi-Fi. And the printers, and the Nest thermostat, and the Nest Protect smoke detectors, uh, which, by the way, I'm still trying to uh, switch over the last one of them. I That was the worst one, because they... I had to, you're supposed to be able to just go in and say, just change this here and you know, tap this and do this and it's fine. It's, it's way it's supposed to work. Oh, just enter the new Wi-Fi uh, uh, um, network. Nope. Had to remove them all from the account, take them all down, and then set them up one by one by one again. Oh, gosh. And one of them just, and I had to keep like taking the batteries out, putting them back in, starting from scratch, errors, errors, errors. And there's one I still haven't got where it still works as a just a dumb uh, smoke detector. If if it detects smoke, it'll go off. I mean, so there's that. But it doesn't have all the, the features you you spent the extra money to get, you know, all the networking features. So I still got to work that out. And now I'm sitting here going, what else have I not even thought of that is still needs right. to be updated? You know, uh, it's just. So Time to start taking a tech inventory. <laughs> no kidding. Yes. Well, in. And that's the that's if I have a bit of advice is before you upgrade your router, go into it and look at the list. It usually has a list of things that are attached, or and just figure out all the things in your house that are using your Wi-Fi, and it and connecting via Ethernet just in case. Um, and then be prepared to reset them all when the time comes. Just be ready, and all that Internet of Things stuff will all have to be. Uh, updated along with it. So just keep that in mind. One of the downsides of the smart home Internet of Things lifestyle. Uh, So uh, that's my tale of woe. Yeah, I discovered a long time ago, you can't just keep the same SSID because it does something weird with the encryption. And you've just got to always just add a number at the end or add something at the end of it. So it'll look the same, but it'll have to force it to be to refresh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and from from the uh, because from the computer standpoint, that that name's a dummy name. It doesn't care about that name at all. It cares about the MAC address and, uh, and right. the particular IP addresses that it's that it's picking up. So it it looks at that and it goes, "Hold on, something's not right here," and which is good. Yeah. That's a security feature. So you know, this is a feature, not a bug, that right. it does not <laughs> want to connect to this to this new thing that is act that is named the same way as the old thing. Like like all those oh so cleverly named FBI surveillance van Wi Fi networks. Oh, exactly. you just have to add a one at the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you sneaky guy! Yeah, it's a funny joke. I I never saw that before. <laughs> all right, let's uh let's move on to our picks of the week, and then I do have a little uh, listener feedback at the end. But uh, b- before we get to that, let's do our picks of the week. Thomas, what's your pick this week? Okay, so my pick this week is not actually a like tech item other than just a really interesting story. I kind of touched on it the last time I was on. Uh, I think um, I'm a listener of another podcast that's called Talk Python to Me. It's a great podcast. Really surprised me by having this guest on. And it was um, the uh, the guest was Cornelius Van Litt, who is uh, a 
professor of Islamic studies and digital humanities or a scholar of uh, Islamic studies and digital humanities. But he's also a friar of the order of preachers. So it was really neat to hear him talking about both of those sides of things on this very, very highly tech uh, podcast. Uh, and his studies are, are fantastic. He's using Python to uh, analyze ancient Islamic scripts uh, by doing visual studies of them. So they take pictures and then they run it through uh, some of the uh, visual recognition software that you can make in Python. And uh, they're the things that they've been able to dis to discover and uh, limit, you know, certain philosophical texts to certain dates based on the similarities of the seals that are on the front and doing that strictly through the computer watching it. Uh, it it's really neat. It's a it was it was a really interesting podcast. If you're interested in the podcast itself, it was um, episode uh, 230, I believe. Uh, I'll make sure I get the notes to, to Dom for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, uh, uh, we're going to link his his website specifically, and you can go through and look at the things that he's listed for Islamic studies and for the, the digital humanities. Uh, the space that he's working in is amazing because it's it's taking all of the historical work of having to pour through these documents and look at every single little thing just from the, the way it's written, the, the type of ink that was used, the, the way that the, the document itself is formatted. And he's feeding that information to the computer and teaching the computers how to look at these things and give a better guess to the uh, to the scholars who are studying it. Hmm, that's interesting. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this idea of the of uh, matching up the humanities with technology, which you know is not always the first thought. Is you know t you know technology is its engineering or science department or you know that sort of stuff. But really, the humanities uh, can use this technology, which is great. It's great. It's awesome. I really like this. Right. And, and the, the reason that it, it's really striking home there is because Python is such an easy programming language to learn that there are a lot of scholars that are learning just the basics that you need to to start down that path. And it gets them really far in their studies and becomes an incredible tool for them to work with. Awesome. Cool. Very great. cool. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Pat, what's your pick this week? Well, I've got a Amazon device and I have an Apple device, so I decided I needed to have a Google device. <laughs> so I ended up getting, actually with some points I had at Dell, I got one free, uh, a Google Mini Home Speaker. And I've enjoyed it. It's kind of nice to put it in the living room and, and uh, play with it and let it be the uh, speaker for my Bluetooth or, you know, let it play stuff off of YouTube or whatever. So now I can say I'm... I'm fluent in three three <laughs> digital assistants. There so, you go. <laughs> does it have anything particular to to Google Home that it does that the others don't do or that it does better than the others? Well, the other ones, uh, the, the Google Home device is a lot larger. It's got right. a better speaker on it, et cetera. But this one uh, would work with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, which the Google Home only works with just one. So this actually could be a, a Bluetooth speaker easily, as well as as uh, it can it talks via Wi-Fi as well. And and so is, that is, was the only thing I had found out about okay. it. And is there anything particular to the Google Home net, uh, kind of products that is better than say the Amazon Echoes? I didn't do a study on that. Yeah. There are people that have you know that said you know one is better than this or this is better than that. I really didn't go do this. I just okay. picked it up last week. So. Oh, okay. Uh, I just kind of wanted to have an example of of uh, each one just so I could play with them. Yeah, well, and yeah. it's 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 real easy as far as picking it up and, and setting it up. It was very simple to set up, 
and I can just pick it up and move it to another room if I want to uh, take it upstairs and work somewhere else and, and still have it. Cool. Maybe the so. guys over at the Google Home Department will talk to the guys at the uh, Google Nest uh, Department about <laughs> making things well, easy. And one of the things I thought was very interesting is I asked it to uh, play an episode of SQPN's Let's Talk, and it did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so. you could pretty much do that if with any of the devices. If you say, uh, play, I don't know, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World podcast, say, or play Secrets of Technology podcast. If you use the word podcast, you're almost always going to get it. So, yeah, with any of them. Right. So. And it picked up the latest one. It, I don't, didn't try getting an older one, but it picked up the latest one, which is what I wanted. So I thought that was fun. Yeah, the 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 uh, yeah, it will always play the most recent one. Uh, good. All right. So my pick of the week this week is a little fun little thing. It's the Elago W four. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, but the Elago is the company W four. Um, Apple Watch stand that looks like an original Bondi Blue iMac. And Aww. so the, oh, nice. <laughs> the way that works is uh, that you have you, your Apple Watch charger co cord and you kind of fit it through there and it, and it fits inside the blue part. And then there's this little gap between the, you know, in, in the back there with the frame of the front of the, of the little iMac there. And when you slide your Apple Watch in, it charges and then it looks like it's the screen of the iMac. Oh. So it's, it's <laughs> very really cute. cute. <laughs> it's, it's inexpensive. It's a nice stocking stuffer. If you know someone who's got a, uh, an Apple watch uh, get for, for uh, Christmas and it's like 12 bucks. So it's not much. Uh, they also do one of the original Macintosh. So the 1984 Mac. So you can get that if you, if you're old school. Uh, so a lot of fun. It's, it's a neat little thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's not much. It's not, you know, uh, exciting. Oh, it looks like they also have, I'm just looking here. They have one that looks like an original iPod too. So, yeah, huh. one for they don't have an Apple II. That's what I always need. <laughs> Apple II Plus, oh, you know? or an Apple II GS. Yeah. Oh, I miss my Apple II GS. That was that was. And, awesome. and then the question is, would it actually convert the screen into that uh, that hideous gray gradient color <laughs> that they had? <laughs> well, well, the other thing is, is you know, and uh, the Apple Watch is probably more computing power than any of those yes. early. Oh computers. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's pretty oh, funny. Goodness. I wonder if I could put an emulator on my Apple Watch. <laughs> it's got to be done I did see where you could go and take a GIF and put that as your screen face on an Apple. Oh. I found a, a, a an article that talked about doing that. Oh, maybe so, I could. So get, you could do that. I could yeah. get John Travolta kind of looking confused on my Apple Watch. That would be fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, I did say we had a little feedback. I wanted to read that from... Uh, Less Hammer on our uh, episode 40, where we talked about getting to the moon by 2024 and Mars by 2035. He says, as far as money spent on space exploration goes, dollar bills are not sent into orbit. The dollars are paid to people on Earth, employees to make and transport all of the material for the spacecraft, even down to the custodian that sweeps the floor. So that's a very good point. Money that's spent cool. on that, you know, the space exploration gets spent here on Earth. Uh, so uh, that's a good point. All right, so let's. Uh, I do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Teresa S., Lori A., Father Paul, Sydney I., and John W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. 
And so that's it from us. What did you think of our discussion about, you know, the value of rumors, about cleaning up your social media while you're looking for a job, all that sort of thing? Let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you can also find all those links from our discussion and our picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com slash technology. If you have not done so, uh, if you're only ever listening to the show on your uh, Echo device or your Google Home Mini, uh, be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast app, or at our YouTube channel where you should hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Pat Scott, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. It's been fun as always. And Thomas and Herho, thank you as well. It was a pleasure. Once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. Quest.